I know he's here somewhere. Ellen, have you seen my fiancé? He's upstairs. Are you going upstairs? Tell my fiancé I'm looking for him. <laughs> I have lost my fiancé, the poor baby. <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> what? The dingo ate your baby. <laughs> Because when you're, you know, stranded somewhere, there's nothing more comforting than, like, that sound of drip coffee. If I was there, see, that's where them as hosts messed up. Like, there towards the end, like, you should just offer just a little bit of coffee. That's just what you do as hosts. She was so not having it. She wanted them out. Yeah, which I I get that feeling, too. Two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty yeah. rare for motherfuckers to get the yeah. fuck out of my house. So, yeah, in case you haven't figured it out, this is the show. Uh, I am your host. Let's not forget that, like we love to do. We uh, do have a problem with it, uh, yeah. forgetting to introduce ourselves quite Sorry. a bit yeah. on various episodes of various podcasts. Of various podcasts, but I am the Seinfeld-loving, coffee-drinking, wise rabbit, Alex Lee. And I got my good buddy co-host yeah it's all right special place in my heart oh you're too kind yeah addicts champion Ooh, um it's a deep cut right there what's up man cj ward how are you doing sir um i i i i too like coffee um i don't know man I'm sitting here watched a little seinfeld this morning you know yeah it's an enjoyable episode. I found myself. It's all right. Laughing. I know it's not one of your favorites. We have this. Right. We we've been waiting to kind of have this debate a little bit. I will say, uh, so like this is definitely one of the episodes when we started this podcast. I've talked about since we started this podcast that like I didn't have a whole lot of excitement about watching it. I will say that looking at it from a critical point of view from the podcast did make me enjoy certain parts more of it than I thought I would. Um, I think I think uh, overall I, I left with some of the same feelings. I think a big part of what makes this episode better is if you watch it the way you're supposed to watch it. Um, so just to get it out of the way, this is actually a season three episode. Season three, episode 10, The Stranded. But I am the host, and I what I say goes. This is my podcast, damn it. So we're going by what the DVD tells me to watch it in. And if you are watching um, these DVDs, I'll even throw a, a picture up on um, the Twitter and uh, my Instagram. But this episode of The Stranded comes right after The Apartment and is right before The Statue. And there are at least two instances in this episode that are direct callbacks to episodes in the second season, which I think is super important. Um, And there's some conflicting information. So on the wiki sign, it says that Larry David wasn't happy with this episode, but there's only one little note in the notes about nothing. And it just said they didn't want to waste a good episode in the summer. So I think this kind of fell into that, this, the, 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 after that four weeks or whatever, that they went on hiatus and they came back behind Cheers. It pushed their season into the summer where there's generally not a lot of audiences. And so they just left it with the busboy being the finale. And did they, because the the busboy aired, I've got it right here. The busboy aired 
on June 26th. That's what I was looking for. Because I think the um, the apartment aired in like May or something of 91. And then this episode didn't air until like November of 91. So the apartment aired um, April 4th. The okay. Stranded aired, and this is all. This is all in 1991, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, April 4th is the apartment. November 27th mm-hmm. is the Stranded. That's but 27th. then think about this: the Chinese restaurant aired May 23rd, but the busboy didn't air till June 26th. So they had these episodes backlogged at the end of the season, right? And I think that they saw there was a huge dip. I'm looking at the ratings. The rating for the Chinese restaurant was 11.7 with a 21 share. The rating for the busboy was 8.8 with a 16 share. They saw that and were like, we're not airing the Stranded in the summer and wasting it because, and I'll, and I'll give you the number. So remember, this is a season three episode. 12.3 share. I'm sorry, 12.3 rating, but a 20 share. Roughly 18 and a half million viewers. And that's from the notes about nothing. So to compare that to... Mm, that's a really good argument for why they held it. I was going to be more on the side of Larry David didn't like it. Because like, um, definitely from uh, trying to be a creative in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely know there are times where I'm just not happy with something. I don't want yeah. anybody to hear it, see it, whatever. Right. So I totally get the point of wanting to go back and make some corrections but man these are some pretty but the interesting evidence you're throwing out but the notes didn't mention anything about corrections or like they did their typical well in rehearsal this was this this was added during rehearsal and an alternate version it happens every episode right and those are the things you know i'll go through those things as i normally do but this is more of a i mean this is where they're throwing things around and everything and it was funny one of the things that they did mention in in season three um Jerry was nominated for an Emmy for the for this uh for the show that season. And this episode in season three earned uh Jerry Seinfeld, Larry David, and writer and inspiration for this episode. I'll give you that uh here in just a second. Matt Goldman, because his name pops up, like the three of them wrote this episode. They won they got a writer's guild nomination out of this episode. Alright. And in true Seinfeld fashion, Matt Goldman brought this story to life because he was once stranded out of a party. When a friend ditched him for a little bit of coitus. <laughs> coitus is a fun word. Yeah, so I found that very interesting because we, we we talk a lot about Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David bringing their real life into this and, and getting another writer in on it and using that is, uh, is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so do you want to just jump into that first, uh, first stand-up? Yeah, man, I mean... You know me when it comes to these things. I'm all about just going just right into the right subject into at hand. Yeah, so... <clears throat> uh, I thought the first stand-up was funny. Um, I, 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 it, I enjoyed it. Uh, the whole drugstore, cold medication bit, uh, where I, I kind of popped uh, was when um, he talks about how in every commercial their, their, their vision of the human body is this. That was probably the best. That was probably the best part. That that was funny, you know. And then the you having a little lightning bolt with your pain, right? Right. Um, this it's it's a good bit in the sense that it gives you that through line throughout the episode. Like the pharmacy is going to be a location we go to, and 
that is one of my notes about this episode is I, I again going back to this episode through like a critical eye I did find that this episode as far as like setups go for everything mm-hmm. is set up pretty well like 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 the structure of this episode oh it's a great episode is really well thought out mm-hmm. it's really well constructed it's a good beginning middle and end yeah um can't that opening shot of the city, something new we really haven't seen. It's like a new location. I, I know have a about this, too. Are we going to talk about I Need More Sex? <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> I, did, I had to pause it and go, did that B-roll just – what's this B-roll trying to depict here? I what's, fucking loved it. What's this scene shot showing me here? It, it, there it is. is, it, is I it, Need More Sex. <laughs> is, is this is this an adult theater? Like, I really should have done more research on this, but the it's I Need video More Sex. It's a video cassette, so I think it's like um, an adult video store. But I get you're, you're trying to set up that, like, little New York City neighborhood kind of thing. I just think it's hysterical. It's hilarious. That they chose that shot with. I need more sex. Almost de- right. it's it's not quite centered, but I mean definitely It's very prominent. The it's most prominent red thing letter, in that red scene. Red letters on white on white backing. Um George having fleas is just absolutely hilarious. I, I like a little bit about do you need a little uh uh flea bow tie and that's 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 fucking funny. I can get that visual that visualization in my head. Yeah. And that's comedic. Um some of the alternate dialogue in this sequence has George saying Ava had broken up with her boyfriend and he enjoys people breaking up and Jerry compares it to watching like videos of building demolitions. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny. Um uh, they talk they talk a lot about like girls, girls, girls everywhere. Um some some extra banter they talk about only being allowed to talk to women in designated zones parties bars airplanes and that uh jerry even goes so far as you know you get five feet out of a bar and women look at you like you're a hobo you try and talk to them at least when you go in the bar they still look at you like a hobo but you're allowed to talk to them still (laughs) uh that's good i um and this will kind of go for something like my theme I caught throughout the episode, but it's just kept that it's like how dull parties are like after college, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah. So, yeah. The whole, so, so the whole point of going to parties in like high school and college was to have fun and hopefully get laid, get laid. Um, yeah. When you're in like your upper twenties and thirties that, like there are girls literally everywhere. You don't have to have that sense of like I need to go to this place to meet to, women to be yeah. social. Now George, George maybe does need that specified place. He's the one who brought up the designated zones in the alternate dialogue. So for sure, he's the one who can only. He's like he, uh, George. Jerry is like, boy, there's girls over there. That G- George is not approach girl in pharmacy type no. guy. Like he's there to get flea medication. <laughs> like he's not trying to explain that. In a casual interaction, I, I like the whole bit of uh, comparing the ingredients. Oh, for sure. Oh, I love meds. aloe. Uh, that's a good bit. Aloe it has aloe, and, and then, then uh, where it's made, where white it's plains, made, yeah. Jersey or White Plains. Yeah, that's funny bit. True, true, true. New Yorker is gonna go now. Give me, give me my New York. Oh, and back on my party. This is, I mean, how how I judge a good party is equal to that probably now. Of it has good dip. 
Good like, tip, yeah. Like, what constitutes as a good party now? Like, yeah, good food. Good food. As as an adult, that's that's pretty much the standard of a good party. Yeah. You, it's pretty much BYOB, and whoever's hosting is pretty much expected to provide, you know, sustenance. I'm there for the carrots in the ranch. Dude, I'm there for, like, chicken wings and... Um, <laughs> Just little smokies. Little smoke. Oh, dude! Give me some if little you have smokies. little smokies at a party, God bless you. Do you think George got shortchanged? No, but I can see, especially in the early '90s, it could still be a little bit more of a prominent problem. Um, I I think it's funny the whole like, who do you think is more likely dude, here? George me is acting like a total you? Karen here. Cracks me up. He's he's total Karen. This is some pretty cringeworthy, George. I I didn't really find this scene too funny. I guess maybe I'm looking that through 2021 lenses, but the best part about to me it's real cringy the way he's acting right here about it all. The best part about that whole kind of meltdown of George was especially I think you can see it more when the security guard comes up. But Jerry's expression through it all, like, this is just every day. Oh, this is normal George for him. Yeah, this is just, you know, George's getting, like, escorted out and still berating the chick, and Jerry's just casually walking behind him. Yeah. Like, and then his, his line He's at the just end sitting is, there watching. He's, he's got an elbow Can I still buy him. this, or is this now evidence? That's, yeah, at the end of the episode, yeah, that's a pretty great, that's a, that's a pretty great. Oh, is that the end? I thought that was that's, the, that, the end that's, of the that's, scene. No, that's the end of the episode. Ah, uh, it's yeah. a good fucking line. Yeah. Um, I loved that the exterior of the house looks like every northern just... Are there three Corvettes? I mean, yeah, but there's like, it's like a group of people. They're real estate agents, most likely. Okay, so the Corvette kind of makes sense. Then. Yeah, they're probably, they you gotta have that flashy, flashy Well, deal. damn, that's some, that's yeah. some detail I was not expecting. Seinfeld crew, kudos. Yeah. Uh, there, it, it's the end cap of this scene, I'll jump ahead, when, when... You know they're waiting for Kramer and the ride. <clears throat> they do they do an establishing shot, and there's only one car left in the driveway. And I, you assume that's like the homeowners. It's a really mm. nice little like oh, it's a nice little touch. Like things you don't necessarily think about, but somebody had to think about. And yeah. it really does make the story that much more because that visual right there tells you everything you need to know. Oh, everybody's yeah. gone from the party, and now you see them sitting on the couch. But um, if you've never seen this episode, like you, you weren't expecting Elaine to walk through the door, and I think the addition of Elaine in this episode makes all the difference in the world. Oh, in it this makes scene. it so much better. She's here just for the party, and then she's gone for the rest of the episode. Like she, she doesn't really. Oh shit! Yeah, I guess so. But her presence in this party, like, what else? I love this. What else does she have to do on a Saturday night besides go out to fucking Long Island? That's true. Um. Uh, they're they're. Their cute little banter about how they're going to get each other out of these little awkward social situations. Good stuff. Uh, really, really good stuff. Did you? I like having the, um, the signals. Uh, signals, Jerry. It's signals. I like. So there's a a moment where I think it's when George and Ava go off. Mm-hmm. She she grabs them and she's like, "Oh my god." Guess who sold this and this? That's yeah. I did. And then she goes off, and there's yeah. a line that Jerry has where he's like, "Uh, oh, this has disaster, disaster written all over it. Yeah. That line sticks out to me in particular because I 
think that line was used in um, one of those like Seinfeld VHS collection uh, infomercials that they would show sometimes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think that line was used in it a lot. Or not a lot, but... But just, like, one of those, like, here... A scene that they use. Oh, yeah. Like, this is a good little one-off to use. Did you... Since you mentioned it, did you happen to catch the address of 129 West 81st Street? That's later going to be established as Jerry's address. Not yet. No, I didn't catch that. so she sold... Like, it's not really, you know... Oh, hey, Jerry, did you hear that? Your building or whatever, but... um, Just interesting that, like... It's it's an address they use. Yeah. Um... And some alternate dialogue when Jerry's sitting on the couch, like the first time they go to the whole, you know, hand bit. He's like the guy tells him, "You came all the way out of man out here from." He says exactly what Jerry said was gonna. Somebody was gonna say to him. Oh, I love, I love this encounter. Um, it's like, yeah, a lot of the encounters they didn't show. I hear a this voice. This one's really good. It's like you know, oh, but what do you do? <laughs> I'm a and before Jerry even answered the question, like, I what do I do? I want out. I want out. I'm a comedian. Yeah. Hey, where do you get your material? Yeah. He in some alter, in some alternate dialogue, <clears throat> he says that before being a comedian, he tells uh, he wanted to be a smith of some kind, <laughs> like a blacksmith or a locksmith. You know, it's any kind of smith, which I think is like that's that's a good that should have been the line. Um, the notes did give me some L-DOPA information. It's actually um, a form of the amino acid that is converted into dopamine in the brain and it's used to treat Parkinson's. Right. And that was so he could just try and get Elaine's attention. Like, hey, like, yeah. come oh, over here. Something's crazy. A, it's a nervous tick. Like, I'm on L-DOPA. Kind of like the stuff he tries later on yeah. um, with Elaine. Uh... I have something here. No, I I do like the Dwayne Kennedy. Um, he he he's a comedian. He's he's the guy that talks about the peanut. Yeah, so he's in How High. Yeah. Uh, just a quick thing about he asks if he wonders if George Washington Carver ever worked with the pecan. He did. He discovered like uh, seventy six different uses for the. Oh, I know the thing he he asked about or the thing about the cashew being a a legume. A, a legume that's not true. Apparently, because a a cashew is a nut, a peanut itself is is a legume because it comes in a pod. It's an edible seed in a pod. Yeah, yeah. So he was the wrong note, there. The notes gave me that one <laughs> for sure. Um, but I thought his whole reoccurring thing about the peanut was. Was funny and her His fascination of her just like beating herself senseless or whatever on her head. That was that was really yeah. And uh, then probably the f- funniest part of the episode of th- the the chick talking about her fiance. Oh my fiance, have you seen my fiance? And then Elaine's little quip of maybe that dingo eat your baby. Oh yeah, classic Seinfeld. Like that's to me, that's famous. And really, the line because like I haven't seen the movie in which the reference is from it's the nineteen eighty eight whatever movie is from. It's, it's called A Cry in the Dark. It's based on the true story of a family camping in the Australian outback and a dingo apparently stealing a child from the family's tent. It starred Meryl Streep and Sam Neill. Apparently, the woman uh, was charged with murder. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but. 
Elaine's little like confident little smirk like oh i just fucking slam dunked on this bitch with that line well because she got to say it twice just that little like that like smirk smile and shimmy down that was probably my biggest laugh of the entire episode oh she was great like yeah that that was a pretty uh a pretty on point line from her because that lady was super fucking annoying like that lady (laughs) definitely deserved to have some crazy shit um so uh, I long for you. Yeah, right. Uh, so which Ava the, actually gives George the one up on the girlfriend situation. Uh, this would Ava. Ava marks number six. Uh, they give it to me in this number scene. question. Um, yeah, I found that just kind of interesting because they were tied at five from the phone message, and uh, George takes the lead here. George kind of a late start, but already surpassing Jerry in the girlfriend count. So oh, George, yeah. Um, another good, uh, uh, so I told you we're going to get some callbacks in this episode. We get our first one when, without any provocation, she's not even tapping her head. Jerry walks up and pendant those bastards. Mm. A quote from her father, uh, which I loved. Again, yeah. This, you know, having air, 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 when it aired, should have aired. That, that, that joke plays, uh, very, If I would have landed well. more if you're watching it in the uh, in the order that we are, uh, exactly. rather than it's, it, it's why the joke, a season later, yeah, the joke lands much better. There was a there was a quote from JLD in um this uh, scene on the notes, uh, just kind of praising Jerry for how he plays himself. She 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 used the word aplomb because it gave me the dictionary definition of it afterwards, because um, she used it, but basically saying you know he plays this kind of funny guy on television, but in reality, he's, he's a serious man that, you know, works hard on his television show. And so to kind of see him play himself, but the funny version of it, like the way, the way he separates the two is very, you know, she's giving him props for yeah. that. And I, like, I, I always like to, you know, I, I've, I've, I've done it a few times. I like to throw out those comments when they compliment each other, you know, through different various medias, because the camaraderie on this show is very, it's what makes the show so great. Like yeah, these actors sure. truly care about each other as friends and they love the way a family each... atmosphere on it's the very set. Big family yeah. atmosphere on the set for sure. Uh, uh if if I may no. uh, come in Jerry Seinfeld a character for a second, dude. Love the total uh bro code here of just like no questions asked. For sure. George is like, hey man there's this chick, she's ready to go, you know, broom, broom. Uh, I need you to, you know, kind of, help. and, and Jerry's like, yeah, we'll find a way, don't worry about it, go on, do your thing, and then when Elaine's like, how are we gonna get home, he's like, I have no idea. And I, I, call I, and yeah, it, it, I mean, Cream, I, yeah. sign, wanna make a drive? It's, it's, uh, the, just the total commitment to the bro code, right. and, and, and being a wingman, I was like, hell yeah, bro. George with his, like, fingers crossed under his chin, <laughs> like, ugh, great shit, great, great shit. Um, I'm going to loop back to some uh, Larry David bullshit where he was like, Kramer never left the apartment, and dark, 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 right. and that's why, no. Okay, so cr- he clearly leaves the apartment because he comes and picks them up, so. And then even next episode, we're going to see Kramer have a full, like, episode out of the apartment. And in more episodes later in the season. Um, 
uh, I got a note on Julia's anti-fur stance. There, okay, yeah. Uh, it admittedly, they, she's they, not they a acknowledge, vegetarian. Well, they acknowledge it fades over time. Her stance on fur, and in the ninth season, they actually acknowledge it uh, with her admitting she just has no more energy to be anti-fur. <laughs> Like I th- I, it's oh, it was. They gave me the episode. I didn't write it down. Um, I think I remember it. Like Jerry, like points it out. Like, oh, you're not gonna get upset about that. And she's just like, eh, I just got no energy for it anymore. Um, she definitely eats meat later yeah. on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that. She's like everybody else. She's a hypocrite. And we have a runover squirrel later on. That's true. We do get an allusion to a runover squirrel. Um. Jerry does make a point about your bro code with his, uh, we get the intermission, uh, actually right before the, the mail code, the, the, the stand up. Yeah. Right before the, the fur comment. Um, and we actually, that's when we actually get the first, uh, little bit of Michael Chiklis. See, and to me, so to kind of go back on that mail code joke real fast, we we're, we were talking earlier on the, about how this show was kind of structured really well. And you kind of said that first joke was okay. I kind of thought that about this one. I felt like this really kind of like we've seen before wasn't much of a joke to be funny. It was more of a joke just kind of – it's a it's a stand-up bit, but it's more just to kind of move the episode along. Um, that's yeah. how I felt about this joke. It was just kind of a, a was, wink of scenes. It, it was there to, to lay support to – An outro to a commercial break, kind of mm-hmm. like a uh, – um, a Shakespearean, um, oh fucking, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the the thing that would always talk to the audience in Shakespearean plays. Monologue? No, not a monologue. Narrator. It's narrator? it's a narrator of a play, but they're they're called something in a actual. Gotcha. Play, right? But it, it 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 it's kind of that outro to kind of say, hey. Yeah. This is what's going on, and we're moving on. For exposition. Yeah. yeah. Exposition's a good word. There you go. Uh, it's a fantastic word. Good job. Yeah. So after Jerry makes that phone call to Kramer's when they come back with the shot. I love the day of directions. Exterior. So like back in the day of like directions before MapQuest, all that stuff. Yeah, he had to give him directions. My dad would draw maps. My dad would sit down on like a computer piece of paper or something and my dad could could draw you a map. And that's how, when I first started driving, if my dad was telling you how to go someplace, my dad would sit down and draw you a map. And I just, I don't know, I miss those days. Now I've got Waze on my phone, right. and Waze tells me the best way, which I do enjoy as well. Don't well, get me wrong. Well, I was thinking about it like some people, I would imagine when they lived in this time of, you're right, having to draw maps for themselves and knowing directions like Jerry can just rattle the directions off because you know that's a chunk of memory bank in their brain they would have to dedicate to that so but it's like Kramer's gonna... gotta sit down he has to have take pen to paper and write them down true true uh but Jerry's one of those people he can just rattle it off and then maybe he turns maybe we don't see it but maybe he turns to Steve there and, and you have to trust that the person on the other line is telling you you, know, you have to trust that Jerry's directions right. are correct because right. he could be off a little bit or you have a situation yeah. where you have to drive down the interstate with your top down at 80 miles an hour and 40 degrees directions fly out the window and you have to figure out. Well, I like how he blamed it flying out the window. <laughs> not that, Oh, the top wasn't down. The top wasn't up. Like, come on, Kramer. And dude, his commitment of going through the numbers of like, I knew 
He had 24 was, different combinations of numbers. It, it, yeah, I, I was I was trying to figure it out. Like I have 87, 13, 83, 17, and then my brain started to hurt, and I just wrote down the normal address of 81, 73. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was going to be like, okay, how many different combinations can you come up with here? And I was like, well, there's, I don't. there's four numbers, so isn't it one times two times three times four? Just 24? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense in my head. Why not? Math is a wonderful thing. It's a little Jack Black for you. Um, I Math know th- is a really cool thing. I know three is a magic number. So get off your ass. Let's do some math. Math, math, math. Jack Black is my spirit animal. School of cock. Fight me, bro. <laughs> Sorry, Jack Blackcock. <laughs> um... Uh, another good JLD quote from this like Kramer uh, entrance, uh, entering somebody else's house for once. Um, she believes that her character is crucial to the cast, and I love the confidence from her so early on. Like she knows her place and knows how important she is in her role. Like talked about it, like oh, she's a blessing to have in this scene. Like mm-hmm. wasn't expecting it. I'm wonderful that she's there. She says she's one of the guys, but hasn't forgotten she's a gal. I think this is uh, in reference to like her fur stance or whatever. Um, and although most of the humor of the show is not gender specific, she definitely gives a feminine sensibility, which is crucial, which I 100% agree with. Yeah. Like, yeah with, all the te- with all the testosterone around Jerry, George, and Kramer, you need that feminine touch. And that's typical of any sitcom or television show in general. Like in a cast of characters, like you need, you need some diversity. But Elaine isn't so much the typical feminine like no yeah she doesn't she, she's no not the... stereotypes are directed at her however she does a good job of highlighting some certain feminine stereotypes reminding the audience that she is still reminding the audience that she is still a girl right. I, I yeah i i fully agree That's... yeah um the in the notes even gave me some um some good uh travel about from where jerry's you know 129 west 81st street to where they are online is roughly about 35 miles well he said when he's talking to george on the telephone uh when we come back to his apartment and he's sick he says top down on the interstate 80 miles an hour for 50 minutes which i would assume yeah about 35 miles so you're about 20, 30 minutes on the highway, and then once you get in town, you're about 20 minutes in town. I would say it's about, yeah, 50 minutes to an hour. It's about an hour and five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just gave, yeah, gave me the, the, the breakdown of the process. But I, that's funny. You're talking about, like, half of that time is spent just navigating the traffic of the city. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I like when he's talking on the phone with uh, George. Uh. And he's talking about, hey, do you want to go with me to the pharmacy to pick up this this mm-hmm. medicine? Yeah. And like he's, uh, I forget what he says the name of the place is. Uh, let's call it Jefferson's. Okay. But he's like Jefferson's, yeah. And like like so like George on the other line was like, you going to this place again? Oh, you're going to that pharmacy? Like yeah. Like this is where George like I I think here on the phone is where George knows exactly what he's about. Exactly to do. what he's about to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I never, I never really caught that. Um, 
one of the things they changed in rehearsals was Jerry, the the drugstore incident that we're about to talk about was supposed to happen before this scene, and Jerry was supposed to be off to bed. Interesting. And, and the and it, like the events of like Steve and Kramer were supposed to happen with Jerry asleep in his bed in the next room, which I found to be. Like, this is one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish they would have left that joke in, or I wish they would have done it like that instead. This is one of those times where I'm like, I'm definitely glad they changed it and made this Jerry going out. Yeah. Um, but then it makes the time all fuzzy of, like, Kramer and Steve get into a lot of trouble. That's what I was just it thinking. I mean, it actually make from more sense if. And the notes, and the notes even allude to that. Like, yeah. It, it, it should it shouldn't have taken all that time to go to the pharmacy. I mean, I can see you getting drunk pretty quick. But it takes him fifteen minutes to get down there, is what he says. Oh yeah, no, that's that's pretty quick. <laughs> so fifteen minutes to get down there, fifteen minutes to get back. That's a half hour. You think maybe another ten to fifteen minutes in the store, maybe dealing with the cop, giving your statement to the cop, being like, I didn't really see him put it in. You know, try to stick up for George. Like I had my back turned, I didn't really see it whatever yada yada so you're talking about maybe a total of grand total of like 45 minutes um and let's even give him benefit of doubt and say an hour and a half right maybe they went and grabbed a, maybe they went to tom's maybe yeah. they had a couple maybe like went and had a bowl of cereal and got yeah, some chicken noodle soup or something um and still it's kind of tight jerry not recognizing this dude when he shows up at his door is just hilarious he's like do i fucking know you like who's what's what's with the pop in i don't know you and here's where the episode kind of starts to take a dive for you for me is you don't like the way steve is acting right here i know we later look as chickless as like one of the greatest anti-heroes like in television history. Yeah, he's played some pretty great characters. Like, from, like the Shield's a crazy fucking show. From the Shield and and before that with the Commish. I mean, but like he's played John that Belushi. Dude's straight up, like go away heat with me right now, man. Like in, in this episode, dude, I want him off my screen. He is annoying <laughs> as fuck. I would not. Well, not only do I want this guy thumbnail. not on my screen during this moment, but I w- would not want him in my apartment at all. I'd be like, bro, I'm going away for the weekend. Um, I'm leaving right now. No. You're going to hate the thumbnail. <laughs> I just, man, I mean, uh, and I get it. It's it's the point of his character here. But holy shit. Yeah. Uh, George's tirade about sleeping with a woman you're working with, totally spot on. Yeah, I, I wrote down, don't... <laughs> Don't eat where you crap. Yeah, but like it—it's it, the same kind of theory, you know. It's you, those inner office relationships, those inner work relationships, can only be sour if they're only meant to be. Um, if they're only meant to be temporary and physical, like this was yeah. almost set up to be. Yeah, know, those kind of relationships in that yeah. workplace is just. Well, I liked I liked his because he's so neurotic. He's like, if the conversation goes well, I don't go to the bathroom for the rest of the day, and I can definitely like feel that. Like, you know, you're crushing on a girl at work, and like you tell the perfect joke, or like you have a really good interaction. Don't want to ruin like, it, and you're like, fuck, I gotta avoid her for the rest of the day. So like, the last thing she remembers of me is like a super positive deal. And like, I totally get that. Um, and then to what you were talking about, unless it's sort of like a meant to be. I can kind of like fit in with that where, you know, it did kind of work out for me where I was kind of sleeping with a coworker. I will tell you 
we weren't like in an out and out relationship, especially in public. So the people at our work didn't really know. You know, you could kind of expect that the people that George worked with know because they saw George leave with Ava. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He showed up with two friends and left with Ava. Like that, they they went home and smushed. Like obvious. When you can sleep with your coworker and other people don't know, especially your coworkers, that makes it all like that's the good shit right there. So that's where I think you know he screwed up is you know they wanted each other so bad they made it very public and they should have played it on the hush hush. It's just my two cents on it. <laughs> I like that George's uh, solution to it is I'm just gonna quit. I have no choice. <laughs> Well, not before, you know, I try and kill my boss, but that's another story. Um, Jerry's line about, can I still buy this? Yeah, like I, I said earlier, that's, that at that's... the end of the episode. Um, did you catch Kramer's retelling the Dove story? Retelling the Dove story. Also from uh, the jacket. The, the jacket, which again, hits better now watching it. In season two, rather than in season three, right? And and it's nice to have continuity, but again, oh, that were... chickless laugh here! <laughs> oh, that chickless laugh! Oh, <laughs> go away! Oh, it's great. And then he's uh, call one of those escort services. He's such a sleazeball. I mean, Saw... g- goes into the city to cheat on his wife, and it's like you said. In... I mean, that woman was pretty shrill. She didn't even offer them coffee. She was shrill. She was. Pretty shrill. Shrill's a fantastic, a, a fine, a fine way of putting it. Um, you said it in the pre-show. Chickless does play drunk very well. He slurs his words just the right amount. You to believe be it? Like, You're like that dude is so drunk in this scene. To be like stereotypical drunk, but like believable. Believable, like not Kramer's Hennigans, which is. Funny, funny, but it's 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 way on it's, it's way on the, the spectrum of comedy. It's, it's way over the top. But this is like some kind of place in the middle, and he he does really yeah. well. Um, five, 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 love is is a good number. Oh, it's, it's a great it's number. It's a good number. It makes me want to go back and see what the number is in Rocco's Modern Life. I gotta go back and check that one. Rocco, um, Mrs. Big Head, um. My favorite Kramer line from that is when he's like, when when Chickless asks him, "Hey, you want down on this?" Which again, total sleaze bag. But Kramer is like, the way he says, "No, no, no, I got, I got a girl in the next building." I got a girl kind in the next of, building. The way he kind of puts his feet up when he says it, it's just like, oh my god, like <laughs> I it's, gotta the, go next it's the delivery of those types. It's a, it's a throwaway line. It doesn't matter. Five, five, five. Love was the funny joke in yeah. that, but to me, it's that subtle, like, oh no, no, just the way he plays it so casual. I got a girl in the next building, which. I believe it. It's Kramer, yeah. right? This is Kramer we're talking about. So yes, I totally believe it. He's got the Kavorka. Um, so Jerry return. He's got the Kavorka. So he return. Jerry returns, and Mister Pocatillo. God, I, I cannot. Oh, chick, listen to this episode, bro. So Patty, Patty the hooker, uh, she was meant to be the escort. Please let's 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 use proper well, nomenclature. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm using what the notes about nothing called her. So, uh, Patty, the hooker, (laughs) she was meant to be the flight attendant that Kramer sleeps with in the bat that in the penultimate scene where Elena doesn't realize she's got a toy gun in her purse, you know, sets off. That was the weight. That was the flight attendant that they had bet Kramer had slept with Jerry and George. Um, 
so when they had filmed this episode, it was only a few weeks prior that the they had chosen not to do that. And um, like they like to do, like I've talked about this, if you didn't get it for one part, they were going to bring you back. They're going to make sure you – They were able to find these great parts for every little person. If it wasn't – if you weren't right for this, trust us. You're going to be right for something else. So um, uh, definitely, I mean if, if – if I may be a little bit of a sleaze ball here, sir. Sleaze it up. Keep it definitely, sleazy, bro. Um I guess you would say it's definitely fifty dollars worth of what you're getting there, huh? I mean, I figure in for for inflation we're talking ninety one prices, fifty bucks. I was talking in about New York City. Price I mean, I'm talking about quality. You're talking about I thought she looked quite high class. I didn't find her attractive. I apologize. I think he. I. I, I think for fifty dollars, New York escort. I think for fifty dollars. I and and we're talking a limited amount of time that Jerry was gone. I'm thinking chick. Chick Steve got no more than a blowy for fifty dollars. It was no more than a yeah. Yeah. So there was as far as penetration intercourse. I don't think we're talking fifty dollars for that. But fifty dollars for a blowjob in 1991. In New York City, from a from a a paid escort service that you call on the phone, I'd say that sounds about right. Especially when we compare it to like the rent prices we've talked Again, about. Again, I was just trying to make a comment on the quality of it. I'm I'm just devil's advocating you. You pick a side, I pick a side. And how this works? I mean, I'm, for what service he got, there there's no argument that it was it was nothing. Sh- uh, longer than my favorite is that Jerry really just doesn't hesitate to just pay her to get out of his so house. You, How much does he owe? He's like you? fifty bucks. He's like cool. Like if she she That's, really yeah. she really could have said, I think she could have said like two hundred bucks. Right I think she could have gone three hundred. You think she could have gone? I think three hundred would have been pushing it. I think he would have negotiated. He would have made a comment and I he would have been would've... upset about. It, but for the price to get her just out of his apartment, fifty dollars was perfect. Yeah. Um, I think he was. Who called the cops? Yeah, that was that was a problem I had in this episode. Was like they just kind of show up. Yeah, I like mean, like when they trailing here, but they, they, there's no story behind it. It just yeah, that was that was probably the most outrageous thing. And then you know, I liked Elaine showing the El- Elaine showing up and giving the fur comment again was just the button you needed on the episode. Is that fur? Um, yeah, for, for for that scene because we do we do come back with um Jerry and George comparing their their jail stories yeah um which I find very just I find very interesting just comparing you just compare it's just funny it's one of the first times you know they uh they they run afoul with the law and won't be the last uh for sure uh just a wild episode man again first half really strong to me first half was super strong and the second half just kind of teetered off and it was easy for me just to kind of like and some loose ends they had to wrap up they had the pharmacy they had they had steve uh and they had jerry being sick and they had to tie all that together and they did it with chicken soup a hooker and you know comparing jail stories (laughs) and now george is upset that he is dating a co-worker who i mean We'll return uh, for the revenge, which is only a couple episodes away. Uh, it's episode after next. Um, and then one last little note from the notes about nothing is the cop apparently uh, the cop that gives the oh boy with Jerry. 
apparently appeared in Mail and Bonding. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm trying to think where he could have appeared in that. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, nah, now I've got to go back and watch yeah, Mail and Bonding. Yeah. I just, do uh, like the – is bit. that real for – and then the, the turning of both the guys. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, added in rehearsals. Yeah. I can see that. That makes sense. It's, it's, it's a it's a good little quip. Yeah. Um, like I said, man, like this episode going into this podcast, I knew I was going to come up against it. And I had already had strong feelings that I have expressed to you about this episode. And just coming at it with a critical eye, and I mean, I really enjoyed the first half of the episode. I thought even though um the tail end of the show didn't quite land for me mm-hmm. again i thought the setups and everything were done right the only the only thing being the cops um but like i don't know man i'd give it like a c plus to a b i mean i, I would just probably better than i would have told you i would have gave it before we started the show you know i thought i i Given it a rating, this is probably the most difficult episode I came across because I kind of feel like you, where that first setup is really, really strong, and maybe the finish isn't doesn't really match how it started. And just kind of like in the in the rewatches, I was like, damn, like I really enjoy this episode, but I really forgot that there are some things that don't quite not don't quite fit. They just it's a very jarring episode. There's a lot of travel. We're here. We're there. We're up. You know, we're pharmacy. We're out in Long Island. We're back in Jerry's apartment where Jerry's not even there. You know, and really the ending is very like anticlimactic. Like it seems like the episode has this nice little build to it, and well, then like, it it steeps off, and then it just kind of goes levels out and then ends. I don't necessarily mind the wrap up of like both Jerry and George getting arrested. I like the duality of that. Like just both of them ending up arrested whether jerry did anything wrong you know unfair but still he did yeah you know jerry <laughs> i don't necessarily think jerry did anything wrong but yeah i guess pain for what it looked like yeah um i'd probably give it man probably like a 3.8 and kind of put it right there in between the previous two episodes of the phone message in the apartment like i think it's just as good as those but i mean if you would ask me before I watched these, I was like, oh, this is going to be like four, four and a half easy. And this is kind of loose sense. Didn't always tie up as great. I do love Steve. I know you hate checklists in this episode. I love checklists in this episode. So you started off up here about it, came down here. Just a little bit. I, I started down here about it, came up here. The, I think there's still a gap between us there somewhere. But, but how much as, we enjoy this not episode. not as big as it was. But yeah, I don't think it's as big as it, as it was. Like I said, man, checklists in that scene – when Jerry comes back is just phenomenal. The way he stumbles out the door, he slurs his words, just again, I, I, I can see yeah, Michael Chiklis is good. It's just man, he does a really good job of annoying the piss out of me in this episode. Uh we didn't have a lot of random pop culture, political, European reference in the no, last was... episode, but this episode we did. We got Civil War. We got Dante's Inferno, El Dopa, A Cry in the Dark, um, George Washington Carver. We got a lot a, of hundred and twenty million thousand, hundred and twenty thousand people <laughs> in in a Civil War. That was a good bit. The Civil War book. 
Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Ken. Bur yeah. The Ken Burns documentary. So. Um, yeah. Back to kind of the normal amount of you know references. You know the pop culture and history. Um. I guess the only thing I hadn't noted yet was that was Kramer's twenty seventh entrance. Okay. So. Um. The 27th entrance, and I think the question I told you I had for you, that I hope you answered, you didn't. Does the girl in the building next door, does that count as a Kramer girlfriend? It didn't say. Nothing, there was no Kramer, there was no Kramer It didn't track girlfriend. it on the notes about nothing? There was no Kramer girlfriend counter. Makes you wonder. Like you said, he there's just, no counter. He just the been, little way he kind of is fun. Like yeah, ah. he's just like I, I, yeah. You, you have little fun. fib. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just like no, dude. I, I just, I just don't want an escort. Yeah, I'm good. So, yeah, man. I, I, I enjoyed the app. I enjoyed the app. Uh, I, I, another Tom Sharonis. I, I, uh, it was Tom Sharonis. Yeah, Sharonis. we didn't, we didn't, I mean, that was, I that was we, something we kind of skipped over in the beginning. And even I said didn't really previously, find a way we didn't shoehorn it in, but yeah, our good buddy Tom. Didn't Tom Sharonis, so we talked about this in one of our previous episodes. Um, Tom Sharonis did a lot of one and two. Would this have been kind of out of place for him to direct this episode in season in three? Season three, probably not, dude. He directed the most episodes out of anybody, so for sure, okay. I I, I would that. not I would not be surprised if he directed a good chunk of three. But him being involved in three is not surprising. Yeah, All um, right. you know, out of the hundred some odd episodes, he directed like sixty, seventy of them. So, um. We're probably only at like twenty or thirty at this point. Uh, no, episode two ten. We're, we're at, at fifteen. Fifteen. This yeah. episode fifteen. So chug, chugging along at a yeah. micro snail's pace. <laughs> well, and even oh, I'm thinking of like the Tom Sharonis tracker. Yeah, he's if directed... you even go into season three, that that's still quite a bit of episode. You're right. Yeah, he's directed all but I think one episode up to this point. I don't have it written down for the robbery but art art wolf directed the pilot i don't see who directed was the robbery damn it who was the writer that had the the beard and That's everything larry charles larry charles he wrote one he wrote the uh he baby wrote, shower yeah okay so not you know so i mean that's still writing that's not directing though oh yeah so he just you know, a couple, though, doesn't he? Larry Charles? He might. He might later. I'm sure we'll get to it. I want to say the airport, but not not like the but the one where they lose the parking spot in the airport or in the mall. That's the parking garage. Parking garage. I, I want to say that. I know oh, he's in that episode man. famously. That's a yeah, because he's the guy that walks by. Yeah. And it's like I'm not fucking talking to you, crazy people. I don't know. Yeah, we're man. gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it, man. Season three is great, and we we still haven't even got to the end of season two. We got four episodes left. Uh, uh, some really fucking good episodes. Oh, dude, some great episodes. Uh, I do. I can't wait. There's just so much good in these last four. Uh, it's the statue. The, the revenge. The revenge. The heart attack. And then the deal, right? The deal. And the deal will close us out for season two. Uh, and it's just yeah. 
especially especially the deal. That's just man, such a great episode. The deal is one of my is is one of my personal iconic episodes because I, I watched it so much because mm-hmm. of um having that DVD with a time of not having cable. Mm-hmm. Watch that shit a lot. Sub Julie in a sweatshirt with sex mm-hmm. hair. That is this uh, podcast, but that's another episode. Um, which we will get to. Which we will get to. Uh, you can find yeah. me on Instagram. Uh, don't fold the maps. Just all all one word. Don't fold the maps. Twitter. Uh, this underscore is the show. Uh, that's the show. The show tweeter. That's the show tweeter. And uh, the Insta is my personal show. Insta. And I know y'all can find this podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. That's where we're we're at. Apple, yeah. all that. Yeah. I check the metrics. You guys are all over the place. Where if um if there is a podcast platform, there's a good chance we're on it. And if we're not, let us know, and we'll try and get on. And we will we will make sure to be on it. CJ, any socials you want to pimp? Yeah. Um, if you want to come follow me on Instagram and kind of check out like uh. I know this is Seinfeld, and this is said in the 90s. If you want to come look at some other cool 90s stuff, uh, come follow me on Instagram at childrenroasted89. Um, we co-host and co-host another podcast. That's, a, a, that's an all-90s podcast um, called Chill Back to the 90s. If you want to listen to more 90s content, go there. Um, if you just want to email us and talk to us, you can email us at childrenroasted89 at AOL.com. We will give we will respond back and we will give you an invite to a personal Discord where you can interact with us on a semi daily basis. Um whenever remember to log in. I uh I said you know this was kind of a ho hum episode. I I I never am pissed off to sit down and watch an episode of Seinfeld. And I'm always blessed to uh discuss that episode with you sir oh you're so special thank you make me feel special um yeah man and we're getting into some great episodes like we i think with this show we've really we're starting to hit that stride mm-hmm. and i think you can see it already mm-hmm. i mean 10 episodes into season two we've only got like four left and then i mean we're gonna start season three off with a bang man. yeah and then once season three gets going the whole show gets rolling i mean right. like every week or two is like bam 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 and this is this is a lot of fun because you get to see that groundwork get laid. We're getting to see those dedication to the continuity, and we're gonna go find some some really awesome you know guest stars. Like Chicklis wasn't like a known guy at this time, right? I mean, in ninety one, uh, the only thing he had done really was like Belushi, and he had done like a bit character on Miami Vice. So he was he was a pretty big nobody at this time. Yeah. Um. But we're gonna see a lot of that here coming up too. So that's, Ooh, yes. that's, yeah, that's yes, we will. It's good shit, man. I'm really, really excited to keep doing this. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the show. Not changing it.